0: Welcome to Tucson New Thought. That song, you all know where that song is from, I imagine. If you don't, it's from the musical West Side Story. There's a lot of nostalgia. I, I talk about nostalgia, not infrequently. There's a lot of nostalgia uh, happening. Uh, part of it is having come back to Tucson, and, and, and this is the place where I was born and raised and lived until I was 24 years old, and then I went to New York City to make my way on, the, on Broadway, the Great White Way. and I was there for three years, left, went to L.A., was there for 12, which is where I became a minister, and then went to Toronto, and then ultimately back here that particular song something's coming when I was 15 or 16 years old and I knew I wanted to be an actor and I knew I wanted to do musical theater was the first song I learned to put into my audition book (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little old to play that role now (laughs) just a little um I've always loved that song because of the anticipation, because of what it means in terms of like that forward, like the, the very essence of that forward momentum. But there's still something like holding back in the music, right? Something's coming, it's that anticipation. Something's coming, something's coming, something's coming. And ultimately, what Tony finds, the character of Tony finds, is that something is Maria, Maria, or Juliet, if you look at it from the Romeo and Juliet perspective, it's the, that's the story. I have been living in perpetual anticipation for this experience for, for a long time. In fact, it's been one year. It's been one year because it was on March 18th, well, one year tomorrow, March 18th that we had our very first community circle at my sister's house, Carrie Mon's house, and Tyler, her husband, at their house, and Aiden, my nephew, who... He doesn't like being pointed out. I Don't look at him. <laughs> we had our very first community spiritual circle, a discussion circle there, and uh, that was one year ago tomorrow. The story basically is we did that on the 18th. We did it the following week, and then the week after that was Easter Sunday, and I thought, well, how perfect. We're going to have our very first formal service on Easter Sunday, April 1st, April Fool's, and we're going to do it in my sister's backyard, because I didn't have a space. So I, we did it. And I think like 25 people showed up that day. And then we did, it, we did the service the next week in my sister's backyard. And then we did it again in my sister's backyard. And then we kind of had a moment of like, well, we need to maybe think about finding something else. So it's not always, you know, <laughs> always in my sister's backyard. <laughs> And there was something maybe hesitant in me. And that's the thing that I want to really say. Allowing ourselves to have that hesitant moment is OK. There was a hesitancy in me, and I backed off a little bit. And I said, well, I want to allow myself to grow this in a way that maybe is not in alignment with the way everybody else grows everything. So I did this virtual thing for a few months. Basically, from, the, from, from mid-April all the way through June, I did virtual services where it was literally just me on camera speaking. We put those up on Facebook. We ran them as live events, even though it was recorded before, we just ran them live at a specific time on a Sunday morning. And we had music. And, 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 and it, was, it was an interesting experiment. And I thought, oh, this is going OK. And what I really miss is people. Because speaking into a camera, with all due respect, Speaking into a camera is a cold experience for me, for me. And I allow myself to, when I'm on camera, let the warmth flow through, let that personality flow through. But it's a challenge. So I said, well, what can I do? What can I do? How can I bring us together as a community yet again? So I called my friend Rebecca over at Dedicated. And I said, Rebecca, I'm throwing this out there. Let's, would you be okay if I just like had my meetings there on Sunday mornings? And she said, yeah, come on down. So we met at Dedicated for four Sundays. And then we found this, this space at Spark Project Collective. And so basically August until last week, we were at Spark Project Collective every Sunday. And Spark Project Collective is, Spark Project Collective Um, It had its challenges, it was a great space to launch from, and it was a great way to do what we call church in a box, which is we show up on Sunday, we set everything up, we do our thing, and then we break it all down, and we put it it all, tuck it all into the storeroom in a corner. And then there was a drive, that anticipatory drive was still within me, what is next, what is possible, how can we step into this even more and more and more, and so... I talked to the leadership council, the board of trustees, our leadership council, and we on February 10th said, let's go ahead and start looking for something. February 10th, five weeks ago. There is a power of demonstration at the core of each and every one of us in our hearts that we can, if we take advantage of it and we let go of all resistance to it, it demonstrates perfectly. And so what has come to be is this a physical space, a physical space that was here. The one thing I didn't tell you, I actually looked at possibly signing a lease on this property last June. Before I was having in-person, but like we had those meetings at my sister's house. But before we started going to dedicated, I was looking and I almost signed a lease and I thought there's something that is not right. And if I do this, it's going to be the biggest mistake I've made. And I said, can't do it because I need to invite the community to be in on the vision. I need to invite the community to be in on the vision. And so, building the community, allowing them to say, this is what we want, is what was really important. And I'm grateful to each and every one of you who has stepped up to make this a possibility, to make this a reality. The universe is an intelligent field. It is is all possibility, it is all potential, and you are the universe in a drop. The infinite potential and possibility of the universe exists within each and every one of us, within each and every one of you, within each and every one of you. Our capacity to act unintelligently in a field of intelligence is really amazing to me. (laughs) (laughs) Had I signed that lease, that would have been me acting unintelligently in a field of infinite pure intelligence. Raymond Charles Barker, one of my favorites, wrote this, I am pure intelligence always acting intelligently. He says this is an affirmation we should utilize each and every day. Look in the mirror, and this is hard for people, right? Have you ever looked in a mirror and recited affirmations? It can be very uncomfortable when you're looking at yourself because you either need to put up or, sh- you know, shut up. Because when you state that affirmation, you're looking at yourself, you are calling upon yourself to step into the infinite loving truth and be that at all times. I'm going to invite us all to take on this affirmation. I am pure intelligence, always acting intelligently as an affirmation in our daily lives. Let's say it together. I am pure intelligence, always acting intelligently. Oh. Choice is the cornerstone of all creation. We have the choice to act intelligently or unintelligently in this field. Choice. We are making choices all the time, whether we do so at the level of awareness or below the level of awareness. We are always making choices. A major aspect of learning to live in this place of self-reliance, which is the which is one of the core fundamentals we teach in New Thought, in the science of mind tradition, which is my tradition within the New Thought paradigm. Self-reliance is so important. Ernest Holmes was very uh, influenced by self-reliance, the essay by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. It was really a major launching point in his life as a mystic uh, when he was very young. He said It is said that he read Emerson's Essays, and it was like drinking water for him. A major aspect of self-reliance is to take charge of our own choices. To really take charge of them. And I wa- one of the things that I was thinking about as I was considering what I wanted to say today is I talk a lot about responsibility and people mishear that. People mishear that. When I say we are each and every one of us responsible for our lives. Well, that can be frustrating if we're not happy with our lives, can't it? Because the thing is we hear responsibility, but the word we're really embodying is blame. So if I say you're responsible for your experience of life, what most people are translating in their mind is I'm to blame for everything in my life, everything in my life that goes wrong. I'm to blame for that. The answer is no. No, to take responsibility is to say, I have the opportunity to response ably. I have the ability to respond. I have the response ability. So that I know that whatever I have created in my past is in my past. I can now step boldly forward into a new thing. But I'm starting to think maybe I just stop utilizing the word responsibility altogether and just say, you get to take charge of your life. You get to take charge of your life, take charge of your choices. I think it's time to start affirming that we take charge in everything we think, say, and do, and know that as we take charge, and so it is, life shows up accordingly. (laughs) Last week I wore a sweater and uh, I kept referencing the one tattoo that I've gotten in my life that says, and so it is. And I put it in that particular spot, as I said last week, because I'm wearing my faith on my sleeve and literally I see it all the time and it is a reminder to me that my word creates. That's taking charge, living in that place of constant reminder that my word, my thought, my action, my belief system is creating the expression of my life. Emerson wrote, once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. The universe conspires to make it happen. We made a very bold decision five weeks ago, the leadership council and I, and the universe has conspired to make it happen. By way of, there's a word I'm looking for, and it's coming to me now. I don't know what it is, but it's there. If I look at what happened last summer when I was looking at, 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 at signing a lease in this complex, had I recognized all the places in which my own heart's resistance was expressing itself through the process and the challenges of getting to the point of them preparing a lease and me signing, and there were a lot of challenges, I should have known at that point. I'm not going to blame myself for that, but I was grateful that when it came down to it and I was about to put pen to paper, I said, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. Conversely, this time, there were no challenges. There were no challenges. Like, I called the property management company that, or the, the people that, uh, that, that that, uh, rent out the space. And I said, I know that last summer we went through this whole process and I said, I just wasn't ready at that point. I hope you understand, but we're ready now. And I have a community that is ready now and done. It was really like that. It was really like that last, last summer. It was just a slog to try and get to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So there's, whatever is in your heart truly is always showing up as the expression of your life. What we must do, I think, is learn to truly pay attention. You wanna know what's happening in your mind and in your belief system? Look at your life. Look at your life. If there is something you don't like about your life, you have the choice, you have the responsibility to be able to do something about it. You get to take charge. Once you make that decision at the heart level, the universe conspires to make it happen. What stands in the way? Resistance. That's it. Wherever there is resistance in your heart, that's going to be the block. Once we let go of resistance, all our prayers are answered. We teach prayer. Pray, treat, until you demonstrate. What is the treatment for? The treatment ultimately is to, yes, treat for what you require, but to allow that resistance to simply melt away. And the moment that that resistance melts away, and so it is. Your demonstration is made manifest in in that instant. We resist, one of the big ways we resist, ooh. One of the big ways we resist is self-victimization. Wait, what? What does that even mean? One of the big ways we resist is self-victimization. If we have any concept in our lives that we walk around and go, why does this always happen to me? You're allowing yourself to be a victim to the circumstances all around you. If you walk around and you go, I never get the breaks, you are allowing yourself to be a victim. We we have to start to ask ourselves these questions. Have we bought into any sense of an idea that, well, that's just the way life is. Life is tough, right? Have you ever said that? Anyone ever in this room, Look, life is tough. I have. I can, I, I will admit it. I have said it. I've been in situations where I felt like the world was pressing down on my shoulders. And I like, oh, life is so hard. This is tough. Well, who decided that? Who decided that life was hard? Who decided? Oh, yeah. Whether I was aware of it or not, I'm the one who made that decision. I'm the one who embedded it into my heart. And so that's the way my life shows up. But I may, have been, uh, I may have been influenced by a collective consciousness that says, oh, your life is tough. Jobs are hard. You have to work hard to make life, you know, happen. I don't believe any of that anymore. I think we need to allow love to be the point of view from which we move boldly forward in everything. And call me a Pollyanna, and some people do. Life takes care of itself perfectly perfectly. And life is easy that way. Turn the thought around. Turn the thought around. Another thought to turn around may be any idea of blame. So resistance comes through self-victimization. Resistance also comes through blame. I've touched on it before. I touch on it a lot because this is one of the biggest blocks for many, many people. Self-blame or blaming anybody else gets you nowhere. It just creates more resistance. It creates more of a block and makes it harder to push through that block. It's like a bad carpenter who blames his tools for the work. The tools we have are our mental tools. That's, those are the tools that we have. When we blame ourselves, we're saying, well, maybe the tools don't work. Oh, let that go. Let that go. What are the mental tools you have at hand? Well, there's meditation. There's affirmation. There's prayer treatment. There are many tools that we teach, practical tools. In what way might you have decided on some level it either works or doesn't work? Because the very act of saying, oh, well, this doesn't work, you have now set in motion the consciousness of it not working and so you've demonstrated the per- you've demonstrated perfectly it doesn't work if you've decided it doesn't work does the prayer not work because of the one praying does prayer not work because of the one praying yes yes the one praying when we are in full total alignment with the infinite truth prayer works i believe this i believe this up to you what you believe. I spent a whole five weeks saying, I will tell you what I believe. I will tell you what we teach and you get to make the decision because of what I talked about earlier choice. We live in choice. If my prayer is not demonstrating, it's because of me. That's it. If I am in resistance, my prayer will not demonstrate. So part of the work is to let the resistance go. And that is ultimately where we return to, letting the resistance drop away, and drop away, and drop away. We have an opportunity to blast off from this point. Blast off. Three, two, one, lift off. It doesn't take a rocket to get you to this place. It takes a commitment to understanding the self. It takes a commitment to self-reliance. It takes a commitment to say, I am going to live a love-filled spiritual life and let nothing stand in your way because nothing will block you when you've embodied that in your heart with no resistance. We are pure intelligence. We are pure intelligence. Let us start acting accordingly. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit tucsonnewthought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.